MXT stands for Men Excel Together. This is a men's group getting together on Zoom in a safe, non-judgmental environment to talk about the parts of our lives that we feel we need support in by learning from other men. We are not licensed mental health professionals. Our group is designed as a support and mentoring group only. Any man 18 years or older is welcome to join. Meetings take place on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. Zoom link and contact info is on the website, www.menexceltogether.com. For complete rules and disclaimers, please visit our website. Due to the extreme nature of this program, listener's discretion is advised. The subject matters may include topics of substance usage, sex, foul language, and references to historical events that may be sensitive to some listeners. Things discussed may not be considered politically correct in this overly sensitive environment. They may not be appropriate for listeners under the age of 13. As well as some listeners, no matter the age, may find things offensive. Again, listener discretion is advised. Don't say we didn't warn you. This is a story of a long time ago, a time of myth and legend, when the world wasn't so sensitive, when we could laugh at ourselves and lived with our differences. Only one generation dared to make a difference, Generation X. Gen X possessed a strength the world had never seen, a strength only surpassed by the power to change pop culture and to shape the world. From flower power to the internet, via disco and big hair, they journeyed through time trying to improve life for all, but somewhere along the way, it all went wrong. Now, one man, by the power of the podcast, travels through time, reminding Gen Xers of days past, hoping each time it will rekindle the fire that was in their bellies way back in better days. Robert Pop is that podcaster. A grouchy old man on a crusade to champion the cause of a generation one episode at a time, in a world unrecognizable from his youth, trying to put right what once went wrong, and hoping each time that his spark will catch fire in others. Greetings and salutations, and welcome to GXO, another episode of Generation Extraordinary, the podcast nobody asked for, focusing on everything pop culture from the greatest generation ever, Generation X. So if it happened between 1960 and 1999, we're going to discuss it like movies, music, TV, and even a bit of history from that year. Who knows? You may just learn something before it's done. And if you're lucky... This old man may just regale you with a story or two from his own life and experiences. I'm Robert Pop, your host, coming to you from beautiful Podunk, Nebraska. Ever just sit on a toilet and have the never-ending wipe? Well, those days are over. Introducing One and Done Wipes, a new form of toilet paper that contains a solvent. I mean solution, where there's just one wipe and you're fresh and clean. Done deal. The secret is a two-step process. First, getting the right paper that's part paper towel and part angel kisses because it's so strong. 
and so soft. Next comes a solvent, I mean solution, that's going to let you know that you are clean. It even tingles. Oh my. And here's the biggest news, it's reusable. Just follow the cleaning instructions on the label. No more wondering if you're going to leave skid marks. Oh, yeah. No more worrying if there won't be any paper during the next pandemic. And no more flushing away your hard-earned money. The one-and-done wipe. Available at all fine retailers and auto body shop suppliers everywhere. Okay, thanks for joining me on this episode of GXO. Today's date destination is January 23rd. Not too far back in the, in the past. Uh, January 23rd, 1999. So the top headlines for that year, Bill Clinton was leading the United States, uh, Tony Blair was leading the United Kingdom, and Pope John Paul II was still leading the Catholic Church. The Y2K freakout, um, that's where the world prepared for the new millennium, and there were parties, and computers around the world were being tested for the millennial bug, which could have caused a worldwide scale disruption to businesses and infrastructure if not fixed. We all held our breath at midnight and nothing. So it was kind of a letdown. Columbine High School massacre happened. Lance Armstrong wins his first Tour de France. The West Nile virus first appeared in the United States. Vladimir Putin becomes president of Russia for the first time. There's a train crash in India, over 500 people killed, so probably only one train car tipped over. If you've ever seen that on any of the documentaries, I mean, man, they just hang on to that thing like they all had Velcro on their hands. Dr. Jack Kevorkian was found guilty of second-degree murder for giving a lethal injection in a case of voluntary euthanasia. I still don't know how I feel about that. I think if a if a person wants assisted suicide, my personal opinion is we do it for dogs, we do it for cats when they're suffering, why don't we do it for humans? The world's population exceeded 6 billion people in 1999. Crazy. A lot of people. Lots of people. And seems like most of them are on the highway when I'm trying to commute to work. The euro currency was introduced. There was impeachment proceedings brought against President Bill Clinton because he said, I did not have sex with that woman. <laughs> Other things, yeah, but not sex. Uh, but then Bill Clinton was acquitted later on that year. Spongebutt Square, Squarepants uh, premiered. God, I hate that cartoon. I don't know what it is. I just really, really hate that cartoon. Always did. The uh, Volvo was acquired by Ford, and that always takes me back to Dudley Moore movie, Crazy People, I think that's the one it was, and where they're in an insane asylum writing ads, and they're the most honest ads, and the Volvo ads read, they're boxy, but good. It's a true statement right there. The Serbs accelerate ethnic cleansing of Kosovo, Albanians leading to a NATO bombing attack. That was a bad deal over there. The European Union bans beef from the United States over the widespread use of growth hormones. Yeah, GHOs. The International Criminal Tribunal for former Yugoslavia indicts Slobodan Milosevic and four others on May 27th for war crimes and crimes against humanity 
committed in Kosovo. Bertrand Picard and Brian Jones circumnavigate the world in a hot air balloon without stopping. Osama bin Laden sets his al-Qaeda terrorist base in Afghanistan. At this point, he's on the FBI's most wanted list, following the involvement in the American embassy bombings in Africa. Two trains collide near Paddington Station at the height of morning rush hour. Napster was released. Do you guys remember Napster? We were all stealing music back then. Uh, MySpace was officially introduced to the Internet. And I think Tom still is your friend. And the Bluetooth was announced. The music, eh, quite frankly, most of it sucked in the 90s. Um, Where My Girls At by 702 was the top song in the United States. To be honest with you, I don't even remember that song. Slide by the Goo Goo Dolls. No Scrubs by TLC. I like that song. Kiss Me by Sixpence None the Richer. I always thought that they that lady sounded like Shelley Duvall from The Shining at that point. I don't know why. And Baby One More Time by Britney Spears. Top songs in the UK. Baby One More Time by Britney Spears. Heartbeat by Steps. Living La Vida Loca by Ricky Martin. Blue by Eiffel Tower. And Mambo Number no. 5 by Lou Bega. Top R&B songs, 15 Minutes by Mark Nelson, 24-7 by Kevin Edmonds, 4-5-2006 by Soul featuring JT Money and Candy, spelled with a K. Never heard of that song. Back at One by Brian McKnight. I like Brian McKnight. Back That Thang Up, and I'm pronouncing it the way it's spelled. T-H-A-N-G. Wow. By Juvenile, featuring Manny Fresh and Lil Wayne. Those all sounded like English words, but I understood none of that. I know I'm getting old. Top country music. A Country Boy Can Survive, the Y2K version by Chad Brock and Hank Williams Jr. and George Jones. A Man Ain't Made of Stone by Randy Travis. And if you all have never really thought about Randy Travis since he had his stroke, I mean, keep, his, keep him in your prayers because every now and then there's a news story that he's improving. So, good for him. All Things Considered by Yankee Gray. Amazed by Lone Star. Back at One by Mark Wills. Because You Loved Me by Jody Messina. I saw her in concert and she was actually really good. Beer 30 by Brooks and Dunn. Big Deal by Leanne Rimes. I like that song, but I got to tell you, I saw Leanne Rimes in concert, and you can get just the exact same experience from just putting on a CD or going to Spotify and, and playing her music because she was not a very good performer. She stood in one spot. Ugh. Breathe by Faith Hill. Oh, I just, ah. Oh. Her and Tim McGraw. Bleh. Ugh. Buy Me a Rose by Kenny Rogers with Allison Krauss and Billy Dean. Books that year in 1999. Harry Potter, The Prisoner of Azkaban. Good book. A Walk to Remember. The Bad Beginning. Who Moved My Cheese? That is a great sales book. And it's a short read and really kind of helps you 
determine really where your personality lies. It's a, it, like I said, it's a really pretty good book. Seabiscuit, that was a true story. Hannibal, I don't believe that was a true story. At least we're going to hope it wasn't. And Chocolaté, I don't know anything about that movie to be or that book, to be honest with you. On the crime beat, uh, I already mentioned that in 99, Columbine happened. For serial killers, I am going to, as always, refer you to a serial killing, a podcast by Alicia Carroll. The link is on my website. She does so much better than I could ever do on describing these serial killers. Um, and check her out. Please do. So from 1970 till 2022, the Texas killing fields were piling up bodies and they still don't know who it was. So as of the time of this broadcast, the killer's still at large. The choke and stroke killer, Sam Little from 1970 to 2005, the grim sleeper, Lonnie David Franklin Jr., 1985 to 2007. Todd Colehep. Now, this guy is probably one of our most recent uh, serial killers. 1986 to 2016. Check him out. Even if you don't go to Alicia's website, um, go to ID or Discovery and look at this guy. He's sick. So... 1992 to 2001, the I-70 killer. Never caught anybody. That was uh, That's still at large. And over in Russia, Alexander Pachuskin. And I know I probably butchered that. From 1992 to 2012, the werewolf over there was doing his thing. Uh, that was Mikhail Popkov. Uh, and again, i sorry that I butchered the names. So... Movies in 1999, uh, believe it or not, it's Fight Club, and whatever happens at Fight Club stays at Fight Club. The Sixth Sense, because we were all seeing ghosts, and then, of course, at the end of that movie, it was a uh, twist. The Matrix, being John Malkovich, that was a weird, weird movie. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't even know what the concept of that movie really even was. It was just all over the place. Iron Giant, all oh, the Green Mile, love the Green Walking the Mile, Walking the Mile, Man on the Moon. That was the biopic about uh, Andy Kaufman, and it wasn't bad. Even though I'm not a big Jim Carrey fan, that was a good movie. Uh, office Space. God, you know, I'd rather just slam my fingers in a door repeatedly than ever watch that movie ever again. And my second wife, as I've mentioned before, I've been married more times than a human should possibly be allowed to. My second wife loved that movie and played it over and over and over. Uh, the other one that she played is next on our list, and that's the South Park movie. That was two hours of my life I'll never get back. 10 Things I Hate About You, the very first episode of Star Wars, The Phantom Menace, came out that year, Sleepy Hollow, that was the uh, Johnny Depp remake or take on uh, the classic Sleepy Hollow tale, Ninth Gate, Election, that was, a, that was an odd movie as well. I got really uncomfortable with Election, especially where uh, Matthew Broderick 
was kind of involved with Reese Witherspoon, and she was she was uh, running for council of the student council or something. It was just weird. The hurricane. That was a true story about a boxer went to prison. Analyze this. Bicentennial Man with Robin Williams. And, of course, the movie that ruined apple pie for all guys, American Pie. On Broadway, we had the revival of Annie Get Your Gun. Minnelli on Minnelli. And that was Liza Minnelli on stage. And I still love her. You know, she's just, she's just a really, really neat lady. She really is. Saturday Night Fever. That was a Broadway play, believe it or not. You may not even remember it because I think it closed after about 16 minutes of the show. On TV, Family Guy. I have never gotten into Family Guy. And I like Seth MacFarlane. I think he's an incredible, talented man. But man, I just hate that show. The West Wing, Futurama, SpongeBob SquarePants, Freaks and Geeks. Great coming-of-age TV show. Angel, that was the spinoff of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Third Watch, great TV cop drama. And it focused on the police department and the fire department uh, sharing a station. And, uh, and that happened uh, to be on from 1999 uh, through uh, 9-11. And they did a really good job of of doing an episode about the 9-11 tragedies. Farscape, one of the greatest uh, spin-off cartoons, Batman Beyond. And I would love to see this in a live action, uh, maybe with Michael Keaton playing the old Bruce Wayne. And you have, I don't know, I guess I can't even think of a, of a really good young actor right now. Um, t- playing Terry McGillis, Courage the Cowardly Dog, Ed, Ed and Eddie, Providence, and Family Feud was making its, uh, sticking its head back out of the ground. And of course, today's topic, the Blair Witch Project was on that movie list. So we're going to take a break right now and hear from some of my fake sponsors. And when we come back, I'm going to give you the rundown of the Blair Witch Project So stay tuned. Are you tired of your grown-ass children mooching off of you in the name of saving money? Do you long for the empty nest? We can help. Hi, I'm Buster Hyman, owner of TTG. TTG is the 47th leader out of 50 in home security systems, now offering complete millennial deterrent packages in every budget. The basic package is as simple as randomly resetting your internet password. We all know if those millennials and Gen Zs can't watch their TikTok videos, they'll go somewhere they can. For the more resilient moocher, the medium package includes everything in the basic package, but also adds locks to the cabinets and the refrigerator, and a bioscanner for the use of the electricity, limiting any unauthorized user to only two hours a week. And finally, for the one who refuses to go no matter what, our complete package includes everything we've already talked about. Plus, we will text your moocher and tell them they have won the newest video game system or tickets to a sold-out concert, which they want to see, whichever works better to get them out of the house. Next, our team will come in and change the locks. 
Put up bars on the windows and set up a motion sensing laser deterrent system. And if you call in the next 20 minutes, we'll also haul all their shit outside and put it in the street at no additional charge. So take advantage of this special offer and contact a security advisor today. Yeah, we might be a little bit more than other security companies, but it's a lot cheaper than your leech sucking your retirement drive before they move out. Remember, TTG stands for time to go. Call 1-438-843-3688 or get the F out. The views and opinions expressed are just that, Rob's views and opinions. He's not always politically correct, and those views may not match up with your own. Please believe me, it is not his intention to offend anyone. Hopefully you find the shows entertaining and informative as well. Please note, Rob is not a professional historian, but he has done a lot of research for this show. With that being said, mistakes happen, but he will do his best to minimize those. Keep in mind, he's just some nut with a microphone. Okay, welcome back from that break. Uh, Hopefully our fake sponsors have encouraged you to go out and purchase something or uh, take advantage of one of their their offers. So anyway, the Blair Witch Project. this i'm going to tell you guys in our next segment what this thing did for me so it's a fictional story of three student filmmakers who hike into the black hills near burkettville maryland in 1994 a film documentary about this local myth legend known as the blair witch they were going to check this out the three disappear but their equipment and footage is discovered a year later the quote-unquote found footage is the movie the viewer sees. In October 1994, film students Heather, Mike, and Josh set out to produce a documentary about Blair Witch. They travel to Maryland interview residents about the myth. Locals tell them of Rustin Parr, and he was a hermit who lived in the forest and abducted seven kids in the 1940s. He supposedly murdered them all in his basement, killing them in twos, having one stand in the corner. The students then explore the forest to research the myth. They meet two fishermen, one who warns them that the forest is cursed, and the other one tells them of a young child named Robin Weaver who went missing in 1888. When she returned three days later, she talked about an old woman whose feet never touched the ground. That's creepy. The students hike to Coffin Rock. Now, first off, if you know that a place is known as Coffin Rock, don't go there. That's that's Scooby-Doo 101. Where five men were ritualistically slaughtered in the 19th century. Their corpses were later discovered. They camp for the night and the next day find an old graveyard with seven small markers, one of which Josh accidentally knocks over. That night, they hear the sound of sticks snapping. The following day, they try to hike back to the car, but they can't find it before dark, and they have to make camp again. Again, they hear sticks snapping. In the morning, they find that three markers have been built beside their tent. Heather learns that her map is missing. Mike reveals that he kicked the map into the creek out of frustration which, of course, provokes a fight between the trio, as they all realize that they're lost and pretty much fucked. They decide to head south using Mike's compass because 
Mike must have been a Boy Scout. He had this compass. And they discover stick figures hanging from trees where, again, they hear mysterious sounds that night, including kids laughing and after an unknown force shakes the tent, they all go and hide in the forest until dawn. Upon returning to their tent, they find that their possessions have been rifled through and Josh's equipment is covered with some type of snot or slime. They come across a river identical to the one they crossed earlier and realize they've been walking in circles. Josh vanishes the next morning and Heather and Mike try to find him, but it's in vain. That night, they hear Josh's agonizing cries, but are unable to find him. They theorize that his yells are a fabrication by the Blair Witch to draw them out of their camp. The next day, Heather discovers a bundle of sticks tied with fabric from Josh's shirt. Upon opening the bundle, she also finds blood, a blood-soaked scrap of his shirt containing teeth, hair, a finger, and a large piece of tongue. Although distraught, she decides not to tell Mike. That night, she records herself apologizing to her, Mike, and Josh's family and taking responsibility for the predicament. And that's the scene that most everybody thinks of with snot running out of her nose and she's got the camera right up next to it. And yeah, trying to locate Josh, they go to the basement where an unseen force assaults Mike, causing him to drop his camera. Heather enters the basement yelling and her cat and her camera captures Mike standing in a corner facing the wall. Heather calls out to him, but he doesn't react. The unseen force assaults Heather, causing her to drop her camera and the film ends. Okay. So the thing that I guess I didn't not know about this movie, first off that it was fake, but the other thing that looking at this now, what, uh, 24 years later, they had too many storylines going all at the same time. They had the Blair Witch myth. They had this uh, this crazy dude that used to make people stand in a corner while he killed the other one. They had that going on. Um, the, the, the continuity, even for a horror film, wasn't amazing. And I think that's the reason why the found footage worked so well. Because in real life, there's not going to be that continuity, that beginning to end. It's going to kind of jump all over the place. The Blair Witch Project is thought to be the first widely released and marketed film on the internet. The film's official website launched in June of that prior year, featuring fake police reports as well as newsreel-style interviews and fielding questions about the quote-unquote missing students. These augmented the film's found footage device to spark debates across the internet whether the film was real or if it was a work of fiction. A missing person poster even showing Heather, Josh, and Mike were a part of the film's marketing campaign to portray it as real events. A sequel entitled Book of Shadows was released on October 27, 2000. It was poorly received by most critics and, quite frankly, most fans, too. Then a third installment was announced later that year, but it did not materialize until recently. Now there's a new installment of the Blair Witch Project 
that's currently in development at Lionsgate as of April 2022. So guys, make sure you got your lights on um, because when we come back, the old man's going to regale you with a few stories uh, and I, I may even creep myself out. So stay tuned after these words from our fake sponsors. Hi, I'm Willie Shart. You may know me from hit comedies such as Pals, The Workplace, and 1422 Sycamore, where I always play the guy in the background who waves and holds a cup of coffee. But today, I want to talk to you about something serious. It's something that's destroying our homes from the inside out. No, I'm not talking about termites or even black mold, although it's just as serious, if not more. It's your grown-ass millennial kids who are still living at home and sponging off of you because you're letting them. These mooches are the leading cause of divorce in Gen Xers because inevitably one parent wants them gone while the other keeps giving in. It's time for some tough love. And here's some helpful tips. Set a time frame for them to move out. Make them pay rent, but a real rent, like what an apartment in your area with the utilities pays charge because that's what you are. None of this 100 bucks a month bullshit. And make them pay for groceries. If they don't want to do it willingly, then the next time you go to the store, ask them to go with you. And at the check stand, claim to have forgotten your wallet. A millennial hates to be embarrassed, especially by their parent. So nine times out of ten, they will cough up the dough. It's going to be tough. And your grown child may throw a fit like they did when they were five, when they were in Walmart and did not get their toy. But stay strong. It's hard to hear, but in reality, you created this mess. Now it's time for you to fix it. It's time to show those little bastards it's no more Generation Me. If we start making their living conditions as shitty as our parents did for us, they won't be able to move out fast enough. I'm Willie Shart, and remember, I'm pulling for you because I've been there myself. Any claims of time travel is purely fictitious and should not be believed as these claims are only for entertainment purposes. Plus, honestly, if you believe these claims, we only have one thing to say. What the hell is wrong with you? All right, welcome back from our break. And this is, again, kind of new to my format. Um, I started doing more stories and less clinical stuff with the, the descriptions and the bios. Um, so far, I've been getting good responses back from my listeners and continue to, to send me messages uh, via the website and different ways I can improve the podcast and make it more enjoyable for you, the listener. But also like my, uh, my special guest star actress states that I am just some nut with a microphone and I'm having a blast doing this. So I'm hoping that you guys are enjoying it too. So the Blair Witch Project, this is my connection with it. Now, as I mentioned, I had no real idea that this was a mockumentary because at the time, uh, that this came out, I was separating and getting divorced from my first wife. Everything has a beginning. And 
I thought it was real found footage. So her and the kids all went and stayed at her mom's while I was packing up my stuff, looking for a place to live. And I decided one night that I'm going to watch this movie. So I go down to one of the rental stores and I grab a copy of this. I don't even remember if it was on videotape or if it was DVD, probably videotape in 99. Um, and I was home alone. It was dark, about nine, 10 o'clock at night. Wind's blowing. Um, you hear a branch start to scrape against the house. Um, the only thing that would have made it even worse is at some point, you know, the lights would have went out or some shit. So real creepy stuff. I get about halfway through this movie and I got the lights off watching it, just seriously trying to creep myself out evidently. And all of a sudden towards the end of the movie, the wind blew the garage door open. And it was about at that scene where they, um, where they found the bundles of clothes that were all tied up with sticks. And right before she did the, the snot nose apology. So, I mean, pretty intense stuff, right? The wind blew the walk-in garage door open and it banged. And I'm going to swear on my life that I almost shit myself that night. It was so freaking scary. Um, you know, I finally calmed down and, and was able to relax a little bit. I think I got about an hour's worth of sleep that night because, of course, I heard every little creak and crack and everything in this old house we lived in. So now... Fast forward a few years. I'm married again. Big surprise. And living in Colorado this time. And a friend of mine had a cabin that that he used to, he said I could use when my kids were out there. And so, you know, I was always kind of good time Charlie when the kids would come out. I always try to find something fun for them to do, something memorable. And recently I just spoke with my son about camping and my oldest. And he's like, you know, I'm it's just not a real great thing that I'm, that I'm in, you know, that I want to do. This might be part of the reason. And I'm sorry for that, son. Um, as I've mentioned before, I'm going to be the reason why you guys need therapy. Um, so anyway, my friend said, hey, your kids are coming out. Why don't you go ahead and use my cabin? Now, years prior, my first wife and I, we went to his cabin up in the mountains in Colorado. Beautiful cabin. I mean to tell you what, it was more of a house than a cabin. The only thing is that it, it, it ran on a generator and they had to haul up water because it was off the grid. But I mean, beautiful. So now this is what I've got in my mind. You know, when you, when you see those movies where there's that, there's that lodge, that's kind of what this cabin was. And that's kind of what I expected. So I'm like, yeah, that'd be great. Thank you. I appreciate that. So we didn't have a four-wheel drive at the time. We had a car, Mercury Sable, as a matter of fact. So we've got all five of us, plus all our gear loaded up, and we take off. And I ask him, hey, are we going to be able to make it there with a car? Yeah, you should be able to. Operative word is should. So when we get going, the car, of course, was loaded with all of us and didn't have near the clearance. So I had to get out and have the sequel go ahead and drive the car while I guided her up and over rocks so we didn't get high centered so we get up there and I'm like this says what it is 
and he gave me a key and I went over and I unlocked it and sure enough that was the cabin now what I got was not the lodge with puppy dogs and sunshine no and as much as I appreciated it this was more of a unibomber shack uh, very very rustic uh, uh, plank bunks in there uh, a folding table a few chairs and a wood-burning stove no electricity this was rustic it was a hunting cabin and it was just that I expected something different now don't get me wrong I don't mind roughing it um, but this trip was ruined for all five uh, all four of us but one of the five and it's because of what my eight-year-old daughter said at the time and I love her to pieces she's my guest actress on here she does my liners um, she's got I've got her picture on the on the website she's she's an amazing woman but at eight years old she was a jerk because this is what she says the sun's starting to go down and she looks around and she says huh kind of reminds you of the Blair Witch Project don't it and she goes into the cabin and yes yes it did and because of this she was the only one who got any sleep that night the rest of us were just sitting there in terror. As a matter of fact, there was one or two points where somebody had to go to use the restroom and they had to step outside and asked me to stand guard with the gun. And, oh my God, we were just absolutely exhausted the next day. She got a good night's sleep. She didn't have a problem with it at all. So that's my connection with the Blair Witch Project. Um, Today, I want to leave you with this quote, and it's a quote from the movie, and it's from Heather. I'm scared to close my eyes. I'm scared to open them. We're going to die out here. Thanks for listening to this episode of GXO, and we will see you next week. That brings us to a conclusion of this episode of GXO. I really want to thank you for taking the time to listen, and I really hope you enjoyed the program. And if you did, make sure you tell a friend and hit that share and subscribe button. It really will help. Today, I want to leave you with this thought. To quote Worf from Star Trek The Next Generation, If winning isn't important, then why keep score? If you want to make a comment or a suggestion on a topic, please visit our website at www.genxord.com and I will respond personally. Once again, I want to just say thank you and we'll see you next time. This has been Generation Extraordinary. The views and opinions are mine and mine alone. The claims of time travel is purely fictional. Music and audio clips are not mine and in most cases were downloaded from my paid YouTube subscription and are only used for entertainment purposes. This podcast is a production of Popeye Enterprises. Its host, creator, and producer is Robert Pop. Co-producers are Daisy Pop, Harley Quinn Pop, and special guest voice actress, Ariel Dawn. For more information about the staff, go to the website, www.genxboard.com. Thanks for listening.